to Beyond the Gym. On this week's episode, we discuss the myth of motivation, or how it is that we often call upon this idea that motivation is out there somewhere and we just have to find it, when in reality, this may not necessarily be the case. We really hope you enjoy this week's episode. And as always, thanks for listening. What's up, you all? We're back. Hey! Episode four, Beyond the Gym. We're like getting the hang of it. We're doing our thing. We're growing. Every week's been a little bit better in in like its own way. So it's really exciting to be back. Um, Yeah, this week we're talking all about motivation. What is that? Why do we feel like we need it so much? Yeah, Yeah. and that is the question for like this week's episode. Before we dive in, you should know Kristen wanted to be here, but she's not. But she sends her best. So she's here in spirit. Um, So we'll get right to it. Why motivation? What is that? Why is it this thing that haunts us or doesn't haunt us? Um, And that's that's the topic today. So when we talk about motivation, I think probably a very different idea comes to mind for all of us because it's like, you know, there, there are always moments where we're tired or we're, you know, not doing what we want to do. And we just so quickly say like, oh, I just don't feel motivated or I'm having a hard time finding the motivation to do insert the action here. And I think it's interesting that like that. So in that sense, like it's like this universal thing, right? It's like very human to be like every action that we take in our life. Like we want it to have some, we want it to come from somewhere. We want there to be an intention behind it. And a few episodes back, we talked at length about like, you know, goal setting and like getting to the root of like why it is we want to do the thing, you know, why does we want to make a lifestyle change or um, set some new PR or go for some new PR or whatever it might be. And we understood that, like, to answer that question takes a lot of, like, introspection and, like, digging deep to, like, into our desire to do whatever it is. Yeah. And, like, getting to the root of, like, why do I care? Like, why is this important to me? And I think similarly, like, when we talk about motivation specifically, it's kind of a similar thing, right? We have to be willing to, like, do the work to decide what is it that... Um, I'm firstly like going for, and then like, why is that important to me? Because if those things are clear, I would argue that like the motivation piece is less about like sitting around and waiting for something to like come over you and like, so that you can take action. And instead you have a very like clear purpose that is like the source of your action. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and then just actually knowing, like you, you had, you know, touched on it just a second ago, the intention of like knowing I have this in mind in order for me to get to this thing, I have to do X, Y, and Z, no matter what, like the couch can't get in the way, you know, laundry can't get in the way, life can't get in the way. Um, if I actually want to get 
whatever, you know, the thing is done. Um, and a lot of times we do wait for that inspiration of, Oh yeah, now I'm ready. (laughs) And that's just not, that's just not real life. You know, that's just, you know, a magazine article points it out to be that way of like, Oh, you know, she lost 20 pounds and she was just so motivated and she just kept going and carrying that momentum. You hear that a lot too, motivation and momentum together. Um, that like, if you lose your motivation, you have to find it and then carry yourself with that motivation through that wave and that momentum. And, but then what happens if you, lose the wave and you lose the motivation. Are you just screwed? You know, like no more goals. Sorry. You don't have any motivation. Wish you did. (laughs) Yeah. It's like then what? And I think that that question and that like hypothetical, but also like, it's a very much a reality that we've all probably experienced where like we say like, Oh, I finally found my motivation and then, Oh, but I lost it again because life happened or whatever. And there's like, we, you know, we're interrupted in some way or another. And I think that, it's helpful to first acknowledge like what motivation is often thought to be or like how it is that we regard motivation. And um, for me, I think people commonly view motivation or the way that we talk about it is it's like this energy or this like Mm -hmm. power, this like magical thing that's just like out there and the like, you know, abyss. And at some point it just comes over us, right? It's just like, yeah, just like we can, and, and, and maybe people think that that's explained by like these really dynamic transitions from like being like maybe more of a lethargic person to then all of a sudden being like super dedicated to exercise and movement. Like that very like stark contrast of a transition. It's like, oh, they, the, the motivation hit them and now they go from zero to a hundred and like no questions asked. I wish I had that kind of motivation. Yeah. 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 And, and so, but I think another reason why we think that motivation is like this is because we often talk about it as like it's sub- subject to conditions. And what I mean by that is like we we say it as like, well, the, the time has to be right or, you know, we have to do something in order to um, so that we can prepare ourselves to like receive the motivation. And I feel like people who make these transitions, it's like we can look at them and be very easily be like, oh, well, it, you know, they were ready for a change. Like they were, they, there's some type of condition that they were living in or like, you know, they did something in order to like make space in their life to like then implement the action. And to me, that's just like problematic because we, we could spend all day talking about how the time isn't right or how the circumstances could be more ideal or how, you know, well, I'm just not ready yet. You know, I, 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 and, and if the more that we fill the gap with that, those types of like excuses, the longer it's going to take for this like theoretical energy or this magical power to like hit us because we're like not in a space to receive it. And for me, I think most simply, like that's just like what we often like insinuate motivation is, is it's just like this kind of, you know, it's just out there and it's like waiting to take, um, to take root at the right time or like in this like conditioned moment. But the reason why, like, again, that this is problematic, I think is because it allows us to ultimately just separate ourselves from what we want, the action, the goal, like the, the deeply rooted emotional, like investment into the the process. It allows us to put so much space and to fill that space. That's literally the word I was thinking. Yeah. Right. And like, we fill it with like, I think like white noise, we just fill it with like excuses or the conditions aren't right or whatever it might be. And 
ultimately that just like prevents us from doing what it is we want to do all along. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I I love that you said space because that's exactly what waiting on that motivation to just happen upon you or that you're seeking because it's like people that need, you know, they're like, Oh, if, okay, if I buy a a new workout outfit, that's going to motivate me. So then they go, you know, on Amazon and they hunt down they're like, Oh yeah, this is cute. And they get it. And they're like, okay, now I'm ready. You know, well that whole time that they're waiting, they could have already been making those steps and seeing those changes and doing the thing. Um, but they felt like, they needed and they they put that space in between themselves and then doing the action because they felt that they needed the motivation. Um, and just like, you know, I need to, I know that we are definitely representing Hit for Fit here, but for people who feel like they have to have the the right gym and the yeah. right equipment and the right, and it's like, honestly, you, you just need your body, you know, to be able to do anything good for your body. You don't need equipment. You don't need the right yoga instructor. You don't need this and that to do something good for yourself. But we, we feel like we have to have every single thing in line before we do anything. And then we end up doing nothing. So a hundred percent and motivation falls in line with all of those things. Yeah. It's sort of like we use, I think motivation is like the actor and then like, and we, because we're more like, uh, we somehow position ourselves as like the acted upon, but it's like, if the conditions aren't right, then like, you know, motivation obviously isn't going to take root how we think it will, because we're too busy waiting for our outfit to get in or too busy, like researching and, you know, trying to find the right gem, the right group, the right, whatever. And ultimately we just like end up like hindering, if not completely like making ourselves plateau because I'm like stalling out because we, we let the space be filled by like things that are not that they are like not important, but they're just like, ultimately they're just excuses. Like they just take away from what could be. And then we, we feel like we can justify it because there was no motivation. Like, man, I just can't get motivated. That's my problem. (laughs) Right. And and I think what you're describing is like motive, like talking about motivation in this way and like using it in this way, like allows us to ultimately just like dismiss that, which we don't want to own the, the, like, it allows us to say like, Oh, like I really don't want to own the fact that like, I I'm, I'm just for whatever reason, not going to go move my body. I'm just not going to go make the change, take the action, do the thing, but I'm going to write it off as like, I just am, I'm not motivated. And it kind of allows us to like dismiss it and kind of like brush it under the rug, like frivolously. And, and then that's not necessarily bad. I think that's a very human thing to do because we don't like to take, you know, we don't like to be in the spotlight and like, especially if it's negative, like, and take ownership of our actions. But ultimately, if we want to overcome the myth of motivation and like overcome this like mythic idea that motivation's out here, we just have, it just has to like find us at the right time. We have to be willing to own our, our lives and own our, like our prog, our process and our progress and like own where we are. Yeah. And the, the motivation and understanding its role in your life goes back to what you had said at the very beginning of understanding your goals and getting that why and being very intrinsic and being aware of your thoughts and what those thoughts are leading to in forms of action, because waiting is an action. Whether, whether you're doing nothing, you're waiting on something. That is the act of doing nothing, right? So if you're 
waiting on that motivation to come, you're doing nothing. But if you can recognize that and be aware of that and then call yourself out, then that's where the power comes from. That's when you recognize, like, I don't need this motivation. And then you can start, why am I waiting? Why am I stalling? Like maybe the action that you're feeling like you need that motivation for is too big. You know, you're not willing to do that just yet. We had talked about that at maybe the last episode about being willing or or ready or able to do things. So maybe you've created this action that you feel that you need to do of stepping into a new gym that you're not ready to do yet. You're not willing to do yet. So you keep creating space there, waiting for that motivation. When you need to find something that, that low hanging fruit, the easiest next step, maybe just moving for five minutes you can do that. You don't need any motivation. You don't need any equipment. You don't need anything. And then you realize it wasn't the motivation that was lacking. It was your willingness to do the thing. Yeah. But that all stems from being aware of your thoughts and why those thoughts are there and what those thoughts are stemming from. And that is what our society is so good at pushing away is that intrinsic factor that like what you actually feel, not what somebody's asking you to feel, because it's hard to be vulnerable and not feel like shame for not doing things. It's easy to say, I'm just not motivated. I just need to, you know, find my motivation. And then you allow yourself more time to not do the thing. Cause now you're on this search of motivation and just, it's just that that revolving cycle. It's kind of, yeah, it's like an endless, like it just goes in a circle. It's very cyclical. And like, the moment that you start to say those things, like then you like lead back to, you just like keep repeating the the places where you've been before. Yeah. And it's not that like, I think we should make it very clear that like, if the action is waiting, that's not bad, you know? But I think like, that's a really big insight is like, maybe if you feel overwhelmed, like you're searching for motivation as a space filler because you aren't sure where to start. That's a good insight that your body is telling you like, we need to get more specific. Mm-hmm. We need to dig a little deeper. We talked about this yeah. Specificity. yeah. Yeah. You know, and we need to figure out like, what is the next best step I can take and recognizing that like, it's may just be the first step in a long series of steps, you know, that will ultimately get me to where I want to be. Yeah. And with, that's huge. Yeah. With my clients sometimes, um, li- Because sometimes it's hard to know what the next best thing is or what's that easiest next step because our, our brain society things tell us it has to be this grandeur, this big thing. And, um, literally it could be just putting on your tennis shoes. You know what I mean? That could be the next best thing that leads you to doing something else. But that next thing is just tennis shoes. Yeah, I think that that's like the small actions definitely like make more of an impact than we sometimes realize. And if we, if the action is like reaching for something that doesn't exist, like motivation, like it's this like thing that we, we don't know where it is. So we, we have too many unknowns to really ultimately like let that action be um, productive and like let it result in like what we hope that it will. And this idea that like, we'll just like have this like great awakening and like be like this different person. Um, obviously, like if the, if there are so many unknowns about what motivation is and where it resides and who gets to control it, like 
I think with all of those unknowns, it just like starts to become really apparent that like maybe motivation isn't all that it's chalked up to be, yeah. especially in society and particularly in the media when we, we talk about like fitness and like, you know, people's like lifestyle transitions or like changes. But I think another place that motivation and like the myth around it pops in is when we start talking about like, okay, I've, I want to make this change. Like, let's say, for example, sake, like I want to start working out five days a week um, and I have a gym, you know, but unfortunately, like it just seems like I don't have a lot of time. Like I have this desire. I have every intention of like being here, but I just can't seem to get over the hurdle that like my schedule doesn't allow that, you know? And so we start talking about like time and, and we know like time is our, one of our most precious resources. And it's something that, you know, we all have the same amount, but we all have different like lives and different roles. And like, and so therefore like the way we allocate our time is going to look very differently person to person. But the reason why I bring this up is because I think motivation and time are like inextricably linked. Like mm -hmm. we want to say that I just not motivated. I think you could, that could also be interpreted. I just like don't care or like, I just like don't care to like make the time in my life. And someone, um, Robin Arzon, who's like the vice, uh, the vice president of uh, at Peloton. Um, and she's like over all the instructors. She has a lot of like really interesting ideas and, and, and really interesting, like, um, phrases that she throws out in her classes and like on her social media about like fitness and making it a priority in your life. And one of the ones that really struck me the first time I heard it, she was like, the next time you think that you don't have time for something, try just saying it's not important to me. Ooh, ooh, that's spicy. And that I, hits you right in the yeah, gut. Yeah, it really did. And the yeah. first time I heard that, I was like, oh my God, like, wow. Like I, she just really didn't mince her words, you know? But I think that that's so closely related to motivation because it's the same thing. Like we say, I am not motivated or I'm like searching for the motivation. And maybe on the one hand, like the thing or the action that we're like trying to find the motivation to do is important to us. But I think like it's ambiguously important to us, meaning like we need to dig deeper to get to the specific reason as to why do I want this? Yeah. And then that will inform like what next step can I take? Yeah, absolutely. And so, so like returning back to the idea of time, um, I think it's just like so simple to, to say this and it's like, an, it's a completely different thing to practice this, but it's the idea that like, we don't have time. Like time is not something that we like own I mean, because everyone has the same amount. Right. But we make time to do the things that are important to us. Yeah. I, um, have mentioned it several times throughout the last podcast, but the precision nutrition program that I'm doing, well, John Berardi is the, one of the co-founders of that program. And while he was creating and designing the program, I, I believe that like he had some serious life happening at the same time. And, um, he wanted to be able to maintain his physical fitness and literally on paper had no time. Like he couldn't even factor in like the commute to the gym and back, like literally didn't have that. Um, but he is just an amazing individual and was refused to be that person. So he took 15 minutes 
from the time that he got out of bed. He got out of bed, his feet hit the floor in his whatever he was wearing at night. I'm not sure he didn't go into details on that, but the moment that his feet hit the floor, that's when his 15 minutes started. Um, he would do sit-ups, air squats, push-ups for 15 minutes. And he did this for a period of time that he was so busy. I feel like there was something going on with like a home remodel or something. It was just nuts. And, you know, publishing a book and creating this whole program. He didn't lose any of his strength. He maintained that physique that he wanted. Um, but what he found and what a lot of people find is that that action created more motivation and it wasn't the other way around. He didn't need the motivation to create that action. He just had to start the action. And that motivation came and even spread throughout his day. Because on the days when he didn't get up and do that 15-minute workout, um, he lost that motivation to continue through the rest of the day. So that's super, super interesting that people who feel like they need the motivation to carry that energy and to do the thing, it's completely the opposite. They need to do the thing and that will carry the energy and then continue the motivation to help them do the next thing. So um, I just loved that he just committed to that 15 minutes every morning. That's huge. Yeah, I think what I what I'm hearing from you about his story is like oftentimes when we just do the thing, when we just take action, no matter if it's like could be better, it could, you know, be longer, it could be whatever. Like as long as we are willing to just do the action, like in its most like rudimentary, like basic way, like just like the bare bones way, oftentimes what we find is like the, the outcome of that is that it energizes a process that can be better, that can be like expanded, that can be refined. And then 15 minutes becomes 30 minutes, you know, and then the 30 minutes can become an hour, three days a week or something like that. But it all starts with an action rather than sitting back and like being like, Hmm, I would love to do this, but I, I'm just not really motivated. I'm, I'm just waiting for, you know, the motivation to like come over me and then I'll. Yeah. And then, you know, and it works backwards too. Like, as far as like, I don't have the motivation, I don't have the time. A lot of times people feel like in order, just as far as the fitness is concerned, in order for them to have this program, to see these changes, they have to have an hour, you know, they have to, you know, be able to not only have that hour, but then the drive time and then the ready time and stuff like that. Um, I had a friend of mine that was talking to me about like, they just could not work it in. Like they just, again, the time. And I was like, why do you have to have an hour? Like, could it not be 30 minutes and just do 30 minutes? It's better than doing nothing. And it's that all or nothing mentality. If I can't do exactly what I want, when I want, how I want, because it's, you know, in this perfect little package, I'm not going to do it at all. Well, so you're not going to get any of the benefits. You're willing to sacrifice your mental health, your, you know, your, the physical benefits that you get from moving, even if it's just 15, 20 minutes, because it doesn't fit in this perfect bubble wrapped, you know, package that you want and need it to fill. And whenever you, you look at it that way, it really does seem absurd. It's like, oh my gosh, like, no, no, that's not what I'm saying, but you are. So it just comes back to that specificity, that being able to really clarify what you're actually saying. Like, what was her name Robin? You said, mm-hmm. and that's like, no, tell yourself the truth. Like stop lying to yourself. What do you really saying? You don't care. It's not a priority. You're willing to sacrifice X, Y, and Z because it's not comfortable or it doesn't fit what you want. And that's just good stuff. Yeah. And that's, that just comes back to like, you know, we make time ultimately for what's important to us. And 
that's a really bold statement, but I also think that it's like kind of ambiguous at the same rate because it doesn't account for like, you know, I'm really busy. I work however many hours a week. I have a full, like full-time other thing. Like I have all these things and places I'm supposed to be and these responsibilities. But the idea is that everyone has 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes the bottom line is that we ultimately have to get to a space where we're willing to like make some type of change in how we allocate our time and our energy in those 24 hours in order to implement that action in the way that like we want it to be. And one idea also comes from Robin. Um, she popularizes the idea of like, you know, make a, make an appointment with yourself on your calendar or like your planner, like from this time to this time, I'm going to be moving or I'm going to be at the gym or whatever, and then hold yourself accountable to it. Right. Like you don't, you don't have a meeting, a really important meeting and then like cancel on it last minute because you just don't feel like it. Right. Like, so we should apply that same principle and mentality to like fitness or to whatever, if you know, whatever it is we're trying to, to do. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think one of the other aspects of that is, um, being real with not only like your feelings, but actually where you're spending your time. So you can take like a, you can find apps that allow you to help like kind of um, journal your time, but especially now with social media and just the, um, access to things that we have on our phone, um, you can look to see how much time you're spending on those apps. You can see how much time you're spending there. And it kind of gets embarrassing if you're really digging into it. But again, it goes back to like what you said, like, what is your priority? You can, you can fast from social media and you can find those five, 10, 15 minute time frames that you can sandwich together. And then boom, now you have 20 minutes because you've, um, you know, increased your productivity over here because you found an app. Like I love this app called the forest app. It locks you out of all of your apps. And while you're in that forest app, you're growing trees. and It's like this super cute thing. But if you open up your apps, you kill the tree and now oh, you're a terrible yeah. person. So <laughs> like, it, but it's really cool because it keeps you and you can set the time to like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, however long an hour that you need to do. So you're growing and planting these trees, but it holds you accountable to do the thing that you're wanting to do and stay away from something that may be a distraction like social media or just checking messages that you really don't have to respond to right this moment. Like you're, you're texting your emails, all of those things that come through, but because we're so glued to our phone in that instant response, you don't have to do those things. And for most of the situations, you can give yourself that 10, 15 minute break from all of those distractions to make a priority for meal prepping, for, you know, cooking dinner, for, you know, doing your meditation, whatever it is that your focus is, you can find the time pretty easily if you do like a time journal and see where those gaps are, see where there's just wasted time. Uh, and not that I'm saying that you shouldn't spend time on social media. Like if that's something that like gives you joy, which I, I highly doubt, but if that is something <laughs> that gives you joy, yeah, like I'm not it. saying take it away, but it is one of those, what's important to you is scrolling through social media that important to you that you're going to sacrifice something else. Um, and then make that decision, have that conversation with yourself. And then you find out a lot about yourself and your priorities and what's important to you. It reminds me of this quotation and I'm probably going to get it wrong because I like, don't have it immediately pulled up, but it's floating around. It floats around from time to time. And it, 
essentially is like the idea that if you change your perspective, like what you see also changes. Oh yeah. Baker says uh, that all the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. She, that's like a big, I like a big, I think principle that she like lives her life by, but for what we can take from that is like, you know, we all have the same 24 hours and we have a, probably like a routine or a sense of normalcy that we are comfortable, like allocating our energy and our time within those 24 hours. But if we, if we want to make a change, if we have a desire to, to do something, to do the thing, like if we're willing to re like, like change the way that we see how we allocate our time and energy, even if it's like small on like a micro level, like what we're going to see will also change. Yeah. And I think like that's huge. And what, what we can take away from this, I think ultimately is like, there's a very big distinction that we have to make between motivation and inspiration. Mm -hmm. And to me, motivation, as we've said, is kind of like this thing that it's this non-determinant thing, like out in the world that we, um, we like to blame our like inaction on because I'd, I'm not motivated or I'm just waiting for the motivation. I just really felt unmotivated this week. And it's ultimately like a blanket excuse, right? And there are days where we just don't feel like it. And that's true. You know, there, like, as, as you talk often about, like so many factors go into how we feel at any one moment, particularly when we go to work out, but also when we show up in other areas of our lives. But what we should never do is say like, a lack of motivation is the causal mechanism for our inaction. Meaning like, because we felt unmotivated, that's simply why we didn't do what we wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. And we have to accept that so that we can then say, okay, I recognize motivation isn't exactly everything that it's chalked up to be, or that I've learned that it's supposed to be rather if I'm looking for inspiration to do something or the inspiration to work out or the inspiration to meal prep or whatever, I can find that in a lot of places. Oh, absolutely. I can find that in other people. Yeah. I can find that in music. I can find that in quotations or books or what, you know, other like in podcasts or radio or whatever, wherever I like spend my time, you know, traveling or commuting. I can also find it myself, mm -hmm. you know, and I think like it, that's also kind of easier said than done, but it just inspire, find the inspiration within yourself. But if you dig deep enough and if you've clarified enough, why whatever it is you're trying to do is important to you, you're going to inspire yourself along the way because it's that, that desire to, to be different, and to better, to make a change and to be better yeah. is inspiring. Yeah. And that, that self-talk we've talked in that, in our last last episode about body image, about how important that self-talk is. And in this instance of inspiring yourself, that's where that self-talk is so powerful. Whenever you're, um, allowed to distance yourself from like shame and guilt of what you haven't done, but you're able to look at things that you have done well. And then we like how we talked about those building on those. That's when you're like, man, I am doing the thing. Like I, I have been making these changes. I am capable. I am able. Now you get to ask yourself, am I willing and am I ready? And you're like, heck yeah. Like, look what I've already done. And that is where you get that inspiration. That's where you see like, you know, I can, and I, you know, and I will, and now I'm going to continue. And so I, and I, I do think that initially it might be hard to find that self-inspiration, but then the more that you do it, it's kind of like that, that muscle, the more that you do it in, in willpower, the more that you experience it, the more that you put yourself in there, the, the stronger that that becomes. And the more that you don't need outside influence to push you forward, you can drive from your own passion and your own um, desire to pursue 
whatever goal or whatever it is that you're working on. And that alone will drive you. And yeah. And then you become other people's inspiration. Yeah. And I think that's, what's so beautiful about inspiration is that that is very much something that I think happens on like an energetic kind of like, um, spectrum where like, when we're around other people who have, you know, taken action, who have done the work to like get to the root of whatever it is they're wanting to do their goals that inspires us to do the same. Right. And, and I think that, yeah, it's like something we can find externally, but also eventually it's something we can find internally. So to boil everything down on the, the myth of motivation, um, I want to do like a quick little wrap up here, a little quick recap. And I think it, we should start here just by like taking a deep breath, you know, just take a, a breath in wherever you are and then let it go. And as you do that, let any sense of expectation or any sense of um, pressure just melt away. And then take a moment to tell yourself, this is where I am. Now, this is my body. This is my life. This is where I am. But recognize that in accepting where you are, you make space mentally, visually, energetically to visualize where it is you want to be. And from that space of like accepting here I am, but here's where I'm headed, you can start to dig a little deeper and recognize that like I don't have to wait for someone's permission. I don't have to wait for, you know, the magical energy of motivation to come over me so that I can start the work. I can just start right where I'm at. I can make the first step, however small, and that becomes an act of inspiration for yourself, but also for others. And so if you can distinguish, here I am, here's where I want to be, and as I start to ask myself, how am I going to get there? If I boil that down to the most simplistic thing, I can recognize that I'm inspiring action. I'm, I'm inspiring a change. And then all you have to do is do it. Yeah. One teeny tiny fraction of a, of a, you know, micro like action to take that single step forward and then the next step forward. And then over time, um, you just cultivate sort of the stamina to maybe take larger actions or like a little bit bigger steps. But it starts by accepting where you are, accepting, you know, everything, the present moment as it is for you. And then kind of imagining where you want to be, visualizing that, and then figuring out how to inspire yourself to do the thing. Yeah. yeah. Love it. The myth of motivation right there. Correct. So Wad Talk. My favorite. Yes. The best part. Not necessarily the best part, but like probably a very interesting like part of our time each week where we look at the workouts coming ahead and we talk about them. Um, so coming up in this next week, we have everyone's favorite. I'm so sure of it. Every minute on the minute, that's a going to be a theme. You'll see it. You'll see variations of it pop in and out. So we wanted to talk briefly about why EMOM, like how that works energetically and like um, scientifically in our bodies. So can you explain a little bit more about like what the intention of that kind of programming style is? And then we'll talk briefly about like a strategy or a way to approach that so that obviously it's going to be hard, but like a way to like do it intentionally. So it's like less. Yeah. So Amanda typically uses the EMOM. She'll do it as like a minute or she'll do two minutes at a time, three minutes, four minutes. It depends on her, um, what she's 
wanting the work to be done. But typically within an, an EMOM and every minute on the minute, you have a minute to get through a certain number of reps. And ideally you push through those reps as quickly as possible. Obviously we chase form. We don't chase, you know, um, the number or anything like that, but you want to efficiently get through those movements as quickly as possible so that you accumulate that rest right there at the end. Um, if you take your time throughout that minute, if you have the rep scheme and you, you include breaks before the end, then you turn it into an AMRAP, right? Which those are two totally different things. As an AMRAP, you kind of pace yourself through it. You're just getting through the rounds within that time. But with an EMOM, it is meant to deplete you of that oxygen within that time so that you're working through that ATP. Like you're really draining your energy system quickly before it has the opportunity to tap into that next system and then you recover. So typically if we're doing like a minute, you have like a 40 second push with like that 20 second recovery and then you do it all over again. And that's, what's really hard is like allowing yourself to continue that push. Like you want to break, you want to set it down. You want to like section off the breaks, but that's like one thing that you'll hear me say anytime there's that imam is, is, um, fight to keep that recovery, like accumulate your recovery. Don't split up your breaks, accumulate it so that you have that really big opportunity to reset versus just dying and looking at the bar and hating that you have to pick it back up again. Like get out of your head, understand the intention and just do it and get better. Yeah. Cause it's like, as you know, the time is not necessarily the, the kicker, except for the fact that like, you probably have a really like, let's say 27 to 30 minutes of doing that. Yeah. So like 27 to 30 rounds of going all out mm-hmm. and trying to accumulate those like smaller rest periods. Mm-hmm. And that's like the kicker yeah. because if you're going explosive up front to get through the reps with good form, but also like to max out and to deplete your energy system, then over time, that's where you like have the sort of like double whammy because yeah. you're like, just done at the end. Like if you do it correctly, I love that you mentioned the timing of like the 30 minutes. Cause that is where whenever I crossed over, I crossed over. That sounds weird. Whenever I switched from coming from a CrossFit gym to hit, I remember, um, like every workout was 30 minutes long, like minimum. And I remember being like, what? Because CrossFit is like a 12 minute, you know, seven minute. If you see a 20 minute workout, you're like, Oh my God, it's so long. Yeah. And so then I, you know, coming into hit, I was like, we're doing this for 30 minutes. And it blew my mind. And Baker brought that up this weekend, you know, that she had went out of town and she just smoked people. Um, and they were like, Oh, you should have lived heavier. And she was like, no, you should have lifted faster, <laughs> you know, cause like she's so conditioned for that time and to be able to push. And that's one of the reasons why imams are so powerful is because they force you to work within that time. So the common flop maybe then is that like people, whether it's unintentionally or intentionally take what's supposed to be explosive dynamic movement with very efficient recovery over sustained amount of time and flip it into more of just like as many rounds as possible with like more consistent breaks built in so that it kind of like taps more it becomes more like of a cardio intensive thing over time rather than like explosive movement efficient recovery totally 
What's a good strategy in your mind that like people could employ to approach their imams maybe a bit more efficiently, but also in a way that like honors kind of like the sort of intention behind that? Well, I think one of the things is really stick to the percentages that she gives. Um, cause typically it's going to be a lot lighter weight if it's going to be more of the reps. Um, but in an imam, Typically, you're going to have a small rep, high power, you know, and you want to be able to stay within those parameters, but sometimes our ego gets in the way and we want, well, ah, this isn't enough weight or, you know, and it's like, yeah, but again, for 30 minutes of just really emptying it out and then trying to refill it and emptying it out. Um, so stick to the percentages that she gives. She is a master at programming. Like everything has a reason and a purpose. Um, I think questioning things are good, but just let us know that let tell you that there's an answer and there's a reason. So stick to those percentages. And then whenever you do have that rest, do not just waste it. Like take that time, close your eyes, reset big, deep breaths. Because I think a lot of times once that rest comes, people are like, what just happened? And the walk around and like, they start wasting that opportunity to regain and reset. So, I mean, if you need to drop to your knees, open up your chest, close your eyes, take those big, deep breaths, like do it. But whenever you're walking across the gym to grab a towel or you're, you know, taking those big gulps of water, like you're wasting that time for your energies systems to reset. So know that that time is so precious and really breathe through it. Another movement that we have coming up this week is the snatch, which I'm so excited about. I mean, we have them routinely, but this week in particular, we have um, a full squat snatch, which is not something that pops up all the time. Typically, it's like a hang snatch or a power snatch, but I'm really excited because in my mind, the squat snatch is like, it puts all the pieces together and it's really an intricate move. So totally. let's talk really quickly just about the points of performance, things people can be like aware of as they execute the snatch with the idea that they're building to the power to snatch. The power. I yeah. mean, the, the, the squat. full squat snatch. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny that I love that this is coming up because Ricky and I literally had this conversation on Thursday, um, yesterday about like the overhead squat and the squat snatch position, because it is in a full, a true full body movement. You know, you have the drive out of your deadlift. And I think that's one of the big things is like your setup. It's, it's, if you don't have a strong setup, you're not going to be able to nail it at the finish, right? So having that strong deadlift um, and keeping your knees behind the bar so that bar path does stay straight. Um, I And picturing the bar between your body and a plate of glass really enforces that bar path because it's like, if you think about it scientifically, it, you're moving that bar with your body with momentum, right? So whenever you're deadlifting, that deadlift can be slow. That deadlift is just a pull to get it into the position to receive the power from your body. And, um, if you do not have that straight bar path so that whenever your hips extend to send that weight up, that bar is going to be out of control and you're not going to be able to pull and land it. And, um, so being able to have that straight bar path and manipulating your body around the bar is, um, where it's at. So then, um, the deadlift obviously to set it up, but that extension of your hips is if you don't have that, you're not getting your squat snatch. Yeah. 
And then I think too, it's like for me, overhead squat and like obviously from, you know, you catch down in the squat and then you, you stand it up. For me, that's like a super core intensive move. Like it's crazy to feel like how much your belly has to flex to like keep you stable from the bottom all the way to full extension as you stand. Well, and then your shoulder mobility. Um, we had talked about it a while back about whenever we did that unilateral day and we had to see the differences within our shoulders. Um, but whenever you pull through and you don't even pull, you're standing it up and getting that hip extension. So you're actually dropping underneath as that bar is being pressed overhead, right? So if you don't have that speed to drop underneath the bar, if you hesitate, if you doubt that you can catch it, you're, you're not going to like, you have to complete, like have complete faith in your mechanics and the strength that you've built up into this point to nail it, or you will not. And taking that big, I call it like that fish mouth gaping breath. Um, if you can take that big, deep breath to, to pull that core, to drive and pull up and catch underneath it, you then still have to shrug that bar to be able to stabilize in the bottom of that movement and then stand up with however much weight overhead. Like that's why it's such a powerful and super fun movement. Yeah. So all in all, ultimately the takeaway from the idea that this is coming is like, you know, if you have questions about like, obviously the setup for that. And if you, even if some, like something doesn't feel right, there's no reason that like you should expect, you know, yourself to like go for, let's say something like a full squat snatch. If like that something is not working for you and you're anatomically, but then also um, the specific like schema, like it starts with like, you know, power snatch. Then we have, I mean like a hang snatch rather then the power snatch. And then finally the squat snatch, which is such a good warm up. Yeah. Like- yeah it has a, you have that yeah. progression. And then I think that's your shoulders should be hot. They should be warm. Your belly should be warm. Your legs should be warm. And hopefully like your that lead in from, you know, just the, the hang position, then down from the ground. So you have that, you add the deadlift and then finally the full, you know, catch in the bottom and stand to full extension is, um, hopefully like a good lead in and like ending with something really powerful. And whenever your body is fatigued and it's pushed to that point, you and your brain is allowed to kind of take us a, a back seat, your body will actually move through those movements a lot more seamlessly than whenever you're really like struggling to make it happen. And your brain is like, no, we have to do these things and you're stopping. And like, but whenever you're so fatigued that you're just like, get it up. Yeah. Like a lot of times that's when the magic happens and that's when you PR and that's when like it really connects is whenever your body's fatigued and it just has to move around the bar and you're like, Oh, like yeah, that's can, what that's like. You tap into like more of a flow state and less of like, a, okay, brain, let's like go stepwise procedure yes. through this movement. Yeah. A hundred percent. And going into that, um, squat snatch, like, I think it's important to say, like, if you don't have the stability in an overhead squat, it's just like doing a strict pull up versus a pull up or a strict handstand push up versus a, a kipping. It's like, if you don't have the stability within just an overhead squat position, like you have no business trying to squat snatch that powerful dynamic movement. So the other really interesting thing coming up this week is that we actually have a couple days where, or maybe even like three days where people who have ordinarily been doing hit should feel really confident and like invited to like cross over and test, um, the strength work. Okay. I'm actually super, super excited about this. Um, I reached out to one of the hit members that has been doing it this week and I've really been wanting her to cross over into strength, but strength is just one of those things that's super intimidating. Um, you, if you haven't done it before, there's, 
there's the barbell going around. You see this rig that you don't really play on and do much stuff with. But, um, I was encouraging her, like the things that you do and hit a lot of times with kettlebells or dumbbells, we do in strength. Like it's, it's the same movement. It's just, you, you feel a little bit different because it has the barbell and in actuality, the dumbbells is the harder of the movement. Um, so Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, um, all of those workouts, you can come in, whether you've been doing hit, even if you've just been doing like yoga and spin the movements that we're doing on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, you could come in and try strength. Um, it doesn't have any of the Olympic lifts. Um, there are pull-ups I know on one of the days that we could scale the ring rows, but I love the, um, empowerment that comes from like doing the strength workouts. And I was telling her that like hit is hard. Like it hits it hits. <laughs> it does like, indeed. It does. <laughs> Just that, that grind of that cardio spent, you know, expenditure and strength has that aspect too. But whenever you're moving weight, um, there's just a little bit of more opportunity for that, like that calm down, that rest, that reset. Um, you just are naturally going to take more pauses. Um, but I, and I'm, I'm never going to take anything away from hit. I've been trying to make myself do more of it, but, um, your body and your mind and your soul responds to moving weight differently than it does to hit. Um, so I, and I, we've talked about it before and I can't wait till we do a podcast on our programming because being able to have a little bit of everything is like where it's at. Like that's what you need. So if you're scared, like this is the week, these are the days, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, like show up with that intention of doing strength and maybe doing it scared, but just doing it anyway. And then watch yourself inspire yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah Goosebumps. Do Amazing. it. Amazing. Okay. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks you all so much for listening. Um, we'll be back next week. We're really excited for our next couple of episodes. Um, and if you ever have questions, please reach out to us via Instagram. Instagram, via Facebook, we'll get back to you. But thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next week.